want to pray with you for a moment and let's look at the text for a moment. God, we love you and we thank you for the word of God, which is alive and speaks to us and is relevant every day. And in this season, we pray for a word that will speak to us through this season of pain and give us some insight. For your glory, we pray the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart may be accepted on your sight. Thou who art my strength and my redeemer. Amen. I want to look back at the passage of scripture we've been using as a text that started off this difficult season we're in. The passage has been in the 23rd Psalm, and as most of you know, I've been deliberately walking through the 23rd Psalm, breaking down each uh, verse and sometimes stopping in the middle of the verse to pause at the commas. And I want to do another pause here because I want to lift up for you this word that is in verse 5. The first part of verse 5 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The B portion says, You anoint my head with oil. That's it. I want to talk about that. You anoint my head with oil. This is the temptation to fear. This is the seventh iteration of this message. The temptation to fear. You know, the reality of our current life situation is that we're living in a world where fear is more the norm than the feeling of safety. Right now, because of the pandemic, everybody is unnerved about the virus. And walking out the door, you're worried and concerned. I know when I go places and people are not practicing social distancing and they're walking and talking and yelling and, and, and near each other, it's a little unnerving because I want to make sure that I'm practicing distancing and you practicing distancing. I go places and people don't want to wear masks. Well, wait a minute, please. It really works when all of us are working the system together. And so that's one fear, one set of fears related to not wanting to get and or give the virus. It's interesting, many people who are asymptomatic um, been reading about a lot of football players that they're preparing to go back to uh, regular football camps. It's interesting that many of the football players who are going to colleges who are being tested are being tested and they're completely asymptomatic, but they're positive which means that they would never know they were giving out that, that disease. Many people who are in our prisons have been tested, and I think in some cases over half of certain prison populations who were tested, those that were positive were asymptomatic. Half of them positive had no symptoms. And that would make that a little more insidious and then cause us to feel a sense of fear. And then it's the fear that we have, and Others who don't relate, who I think may have the veil ripped off of their eyes after watching the, I say, execution of George uh, Floyd. Floyd's death was an execution. We watched the life go out of a man. And people who could not understand what happens to uh, particularly black men, but black women as well, is that we live a cautious life. And there's nothing like leaving the house with a game plan. Where neighborhoods you'll ride through 
at what rate of speed, how you make sure you're attentive because you know that you can be stopped just because you exist. There's a tension and a fear, and I think the whole world had that shown to them that, that sometimes there are some, and I do want to say some, who really don't value life, and particularly not lives of those that don't look like them. Some people want to make this issue simply about this young man whose life we saw snatched from us, but the reality is it is the whole issue of supremacy. It is the issue that it is from America's original sin of slavery that has come straight through through white supremacy that created the Jim Crow ism that created the whole idea of second class citizenship. That whole idea, that mindset still rests in the minds of some people. And unfortunately, it permeates to the point where systemic racism has been able to create and enact laws and rules that allow for people of ill will to function in nefarious ways. And yes, there's a certain fear that comes with it. I know I carry it because I'm a large man and I know most officers, when they encounter me, automatically become tense. They realize or they think that they will not be able to handle me one-on-one -on -one, and there's a tenseness and a terseness until they figure out something about me. It shouldn't take that. I'm imposing, but I'm a gentle giant. But people look around and they find reasons. And then we have all those other folks who can use those buzzwords against us. An African-American man is threatening to kill me and my dog. Central Park Karen, really. And we can see how people could weaponize their status and position in society and put in jeopardy the life of someone else. You're a bird watcher. You're a birder. I only asked you to put a leash on the dog. I didn't ask you to do anything crazy. But yet, you can weaponize your position and use those words that will have officers, if they had entered into the park, in a frenzy, thinking that something was about to go down. A lot of reasons. A lot of reasons. Here... In this text, the shepherd teaches us some things that are interesting. And I just want to lift up this issue of anointing the head because the good shepherd must intentionally watch over the sheep, recognizing the seasons bring different irritants, but the solution is the same. Seasons bring different irritants, but the solution is the same. Thou anointed my head with oil. Yeah, the irritant uh, we're in now is the irritant of a virus, the irritant of racism, the irritant of sexism, classism, and all the other isms. The, the irritants are always there. And what's interesting is, if you look at it closely, seasons pose problems for the sheep. 
that only outside help can remedy. I need to say that again. Seasons pose problems for the sheep that only outside help can remedy. The sheep can't fix it. The sheep experience the issue, but they can't fix it. They experience it, but they can't fix it. The sheep endure the irritant, but they can't change it. The sheep are exasperated by the intolerable, but have no innate cure for it. Wow. The shepherd has the antidote. The shepherd has something that will help. The shepherd has anointing oil. Medicinal oil, meaningful oil, merciful oil. The shepherd has the antidote, and it's in the oil. Medicinal, meaningful, merciful oil. The shepherd would take, and he'd get a mixture of linseed oil and sulfur and tar, other ingredients, and the shepherd would take it and smear it on the, the nose or the head of the, the sheep. And you have that oil run down. In the picture depicted in front of you, the shepherd is anointing the head with oil. But what is really interesting is the shepherd does that because the shepherd recognizes that there are seasons of stress. Yes, yes, yes. Seasons of stress. Now, now, this is important you get this one. You see, there are seasons in the summertime where flies bother sheep. They, they, they buzz around, they, they fly around, they hover around the sheep, and, and, and they can cause the sheep to panic and run wildly. They hover around the sheep, and what they do is the sheep naturally has a mucus in their nose. And, and they, 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 what he tries to do is they try to land in the mucus and deposit their eggs. And the larva which will hatch in the soft tissue and the flesh of the nasal passages causes an irritation and an inflammation and an infection. And the sheep will get to the place where he'll start rubbing his head on the ground. He'll start thrashing around. He'll hit the underbush. He'll, he'll knock his head in, not because he's, he's out of his mind, but because he's being so irritated. He's trying to get rid of it on his own because he has no way of fixing it. His only fix is almost to hurt himself because he's trying to get rid of something he can't get rid of by himself. But the shepherd brings the oil over. 
and places the oil inside of the nostrils there and allows that oil, that smell, that, that medicinal smell to come out and it's an irritant to the flies and they have to leave the sheep alone. It's a healing salve. And I want to tell you, with all of the irritants that you're dealing with right now, with all of the stress you're under right now, with all of the things that you're dealing with, I know you've been trying to fan your flies and get rid of your irritants and get rid of the gnats in your life and the things that are trying to mess with your head. I know you're feeling the stress right now, but let me help you right here. The shepherd sees. Ooh, bless his name. And with the oil, he places it there. You, you, you ought to just say, tell the Holy Spirit, let your, let your oil flow on me. Let, let your oil flow on me. Let, oh, God, let your oil cover me. I need the oil. The, the, the stress is in my head. The stress is in, in the head, that, uh, and you can't help but be irritated because the stress is in the head. The stress is that they've attacked one of my senses, that, that my nose, I, I, I know I, I, I smelled something. I know something was wrong, and nobody seemed to smell it but me. Nobody could seem to understand what I was seeing, but something's wrong, and I'm irritated. And thank you, God, for the oil that covers my head in this season right now, in this season, in this season, in this season, in this season. God anoint my head with oil. In this season, anoint my head with oil. If you can prevent it and get it early enough, anoint it so I don't have to deal with all the irritants. But since it's already gotten to me and, and I'm dealing with it, would you put the medicinal oil on so I could get rid of the irritation? Anoint my head with oil. I, 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 I anoint my head with oil. But then, but then the second thing, I, I'm just looking at why the shepherd would use oil on the sheep. The, the second thing is that the shepherd recognizes that there are seasons of strife. Seasons of strife. And, and, and don't, don't, don't get upset when I say this. There are seasons of strife when, when sheep hurt sheep. There are seasons of strife when sheep hurt Sheep. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go somewhere right now. There, 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 there are seasons where you can get your head busted in. Button heads with some folk. Y'all may, may not know about this. That you can, yeah, there's, there's a picture right there of a sheep who's been running a ram who was running to another ram and, and split his head. The shepherd would put oil on the, the split so it would heal. Now, some of y'all don't know about this. I'm, 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 I went to school in Alabama. I lived in Alabama a long time and got down there. I stayed with mom and big daddy. They're just the, the salt of the earth. They just, my, my, my aunt and uncle, they were just so sweet. Great aunt, great uncle. 
And it was just wonderful. My granddaddy's brother, Uncle Emil, and his lovely wife, Miss Ophelia, we called him Mom. Yeah, Mom. Mom and Big Daddy. One day, Big Daddy called me up. He said, he told me, he said, come on, son, we got to. We got to go and, uh, and uh, take care of these young cows, these bulls. And Big Daddy said, okay, Big Daddy said, what do you want me to do? I'm not really a farmhand, but uh, no, I don't need a farmhand. I need somebody big enough to hold him. I said, okay. So I pit the cow over on the side of the barn. I didn't know what Big Daddy was going to do. Big Daddy pulled out his knife. And he deceded the bull. Get it on the way home. Or back to your bedroom. You, you'll get it. He deceded the bull. Now, what Big Daddy did afterwards is what messed me up. Not the deceding. I knew he was going to do that. I, well, I didn't really know he was going to do that, but I, but I could understand that. What messed me up was Big Daddy took old motor oil on a brush and just hit it. What in the world? He said, son, you don't realize the oil will heal it quicker than if you tried to sew it up. You know, if y'all were in church, we'd probably dance right there. It's almost, I feel a run in my feet. Sometimes you can get butted, you can get hit, you can get bruised, and you need some oil placed on you. The rams in the autumn, would, 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 they would run into each other because of mating season they were trying to produce. And sometimes when folks are trying to produce, they become aggressive. And I ought to tell you this, sometimes the worst hurt you can have in church are from folks who are trying to be producers, who are trying to do good things, but they're moving so quickly that they end up hurting other people in the process. And when they hurt other people in the process, they think it's okay because I was trying to be productive. I was trying to do something good. I was trying to do something positive. But what you have to understand is I'm still hurt. I'm still wounded. I'm still beat up. I'm still down. I'm still, wait, before you get too upset, I got some oil for you. The, the shepherd would use oil another way in this process. Huh? I'm just talking, y'all. The shepherd would use oil another way. I, and the other way was he would, in knowing the season, knowing the season, the shepherd would take the oil and put it on the ram's horn so that in the season when the ram might start getting ready to bump heads, the oil would keep the horns from hitting as hard and it would hit and slide off. Some of you need to oil your horns. You, you, you've, been, you've been bumping heads so long, you've been hurting folk and don't even know it. Thank God for the shepherd who puts oil on the wound. I I don't want to stay on this too long. I, can, can, I, can I bring it to a close here? There's one more season the shepherd recognizes. The shepherd recognizes that there are seasons of soreness. 
seasons of soreness. Sometimes you get sore. Now, now this is this is interesting here. I, I'm I know you might think I could make these up, but I'm not making anything. I'm just helping you here. The the shepherd will pour oil on the head in the hopes of the oil getting to the body and affecting the entire body. You see the shepherd just, he's got the horn of oil just pouring it over the heads. Not not because they, they, they've been wounded on the head, uh, not because there's a fly around, but because there's something else wrong because there's a disease that can hit sheep called the scab disease. And the scab disease can be very troublesome in the summertime. And it, it can even be contagious and rub off from sheep to sheep. And what the shepherd did was he took the medicinal oil that, that, and he put it on the sheep's head so that the parasite, whatever it was, would be killed and it would prevent it from spreading. Now, nowadays, what they do for those parasites now is they create a bath where they can run the sheep down into a vat and soak their entire body so that they get everything covered in the oil. Y'all missed it. Somebody, I can't just touch your head. I need to get your whole body emerged. Peter didn't want the Lord to wash his feet. Peter, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, I have no parts with you. Peter said, if that's the case, you can just start washing everything. My head on down. You, I want everything taken care of. And I, I need to tell somebody this. You need to allow God's oil to saturate every area of your life. Oil, you know, you know, we we um we pray with oil in church now. And we pray with oil when we ordain and consecrate. And when we pray with oil, we generally are are very limited. Everybody's well dressed and and the makeup is well done and well coiffed in life, and so we generally just take and take a little oil and make the sign of the cross and people move on. At ordination, though, we, we tie up the head with a little towel and we pour the oil on. But even that is not quite enough. You know, the Bible describes the oil that went on top of the head and ran down the beard to the skirts of his garment. Sometimes... What you're going through may take a little more for you to get in the place where you need to be in. Let me let me let me bring this thing home. I, I don't need you to go out and buy all the olive oil. I don't need you to go out and clear the shelves. I don't need you to take a bath in oil. No, I don't. I this is metaphorical today. What I need you to do is to tell the Holy Spirit, anoint me. Because the anointing of the Holy Spirit 
from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. The receiving of God's presence all over you will anoint you for this season of stress. It will allow you to deal with what's going on. This season of soreness, it'll allow you to deal with what's going on. This season of hurt that we're going through the oil of God. And if we could only allow ourselves to be in the great God's hand, the good shepherd's hand, the master of the sheep, and say, God, I'm just giving myself over to you. I'm available to you, mind, body, and soul. Cover me, Lord. I can't fix this myself. I, I can't change attitudes myself. I can't change the world myself. I'll protest. I'll hold up a sign, but I still can't fix it. But God, I put it in your hands. Let this moment be different. Let this time and season be different. Let all of the tears that have been prayed, that have been cried, and the prayers that have been prayed, let those be different now. That your spirit will prevail in the earth realm and that the new day will dawn for your people and until it happens God cover us with your Holy Spirit cover us with your anointing thou anointed my head with oil I believe it I need it I want it gotta have it let your oil Follow me. Anointing. Follow me. Woo! Glory, glory, glory. Come on, minister.
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Anointing fall on me. Fall on me, fall on me. Fall on me, fall on me, fall on me. I need you, I need you, I need you to fall on me. Ah, 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 ah. Oh, oh, oh. I need you, I need you. Follow me, follow me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, Lord, fall on me. Thank you, Lord. Ooh. Ooh. Fall on me. I am blessed to give you an opportunity to receive Christ. If you've heard this word and you want to give your life to Jesus today, I want you to do that. I want you to come. and I want you to join with us. We have been in the process of receiving members who have come in. Yes, even via this medium, God has caused us to increase and grow the ministry. I don't care where you are. You can be a cyber member. You may not be able to get here from wherever you are in the world. That's quite all right. But you can still join the Shiloh family. And we'll tell you all about what that means and what it means to be a part of this family and a part of the body of Christ. I offer Christ to you. And I tell you that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. The numbers were just on the screen. And I ask that you call us or you email us. Or even you can send us a direct message on Facebook if you're on there. And we will definitely get right back to you and bless you and we will enter into a relationship with you. We're looking forward to having you here. I bless God for each one of you today. I ask that you continue to pray for one another. Keep checking on each other. You know, this is a difficult time. Um, social distancing should not mean that we're not in social contact. It just means we can't really do it in person. But the phone still works. Zoom calls and all of many of you have FaceTime and are not even using it up to its full potential. Get on the FaceTime and say hi to someone and bless somebody. It's important that you do that and be in fellowship. This is an important season that we need to connect with one another. Amen. We need to connect. My my wife, we were making calls yesterday, and, and we just had such a wonderful time trying to connect with some of the members, and it's just a blessing. I'm going to tell you, it, it, all the elders are calling, the ministers, we, we're just trying to connect with you. If you get a call from us, we don't, we don't want anything from you. We want to find out if you need anything, and we just want to connect with you. And, uh, but we're not the only ones. Every member ought to be checking in on people and just saying hello. And uh, spend a few moments and just, uh, amen. You know, sometimes it gets so difficult when you're used to being social 
not to have an opportunity to go out and be social. Amen? Allow for that socialness to happen, and you're a part of that. Amen? I love you all with the love of the Lord. I'm going to ask that you would join us in giving today. Um, you know, those of you who are members of Shiloh, you know that we tithe and we give our offerings, our seed gifts as unto the Lord. There are multiple ways to give, which are on the screen there. Also, you can mail your gifts in to Shiloh here in New London at 1 Garvin Street, New London, Connecticut, or at P.O. Box 929, New London, Connecticut. Join us in giving. If you're not a member, I first ask if you're a member of another church, please give your tithes to the church that you're a member of. But if you're not a member and you, this ministry blesses you, sow into the ministry. Amen? Your tithe belong where you go to church, but you can sow a gift into the house that is blessing you and so that we can continue doing the work of the Lord online as we have. We want to keep doing what God has called us to do. I want to continue to thank our, our choirs and our musicians. What a beautiful job they did today. Again... I, we have some of the greatest music ministry people and Solomon in the audio visual department. Uh, uh, we're just so happy and Saira who's helping him. We're just delighted and these musicians, thank God for them. Y'all ought to praise God for the musicians online. Amen. Minister Lamont, these musicians are, are, are fire. They've been really with us and blessing us all the time. Continue to keep us in prayer. Like I told everybody before, the sanctuary is not open, but the church is still open, and we're still doing the food pantry. Um, we've been feeding people, and I want to continue to thank God for all of the volunteers. It's a lot of work, and probably more work than any of us realized when we first got a hold of the concept. It's a lot of work. It's, it's to put it all together and to get it all out. Um, you, you just need to know that the saints are here working. You know, people talk about church all the time. Well, what's the church doing? Well, we're doing a lot, and we're going to keep doing a lot, and we're going to keep being available to bless people. And I ask that you remember that and join us in our efforts to bless this community. Again, I thank everyone who has been involved in the program. I uh, also want you to keep in prayer Sister Sheila Morgan, her father. Please keep them in prayer. Again, Minister Claudia Fryer, uh, Reverend Jackie Williams, who is step-by-step uh, step getting a little bit better every day. Please keep him in prayer. He's still in the hospital, but he's, he's, his, his status has been decreased and from the urgency of before. He's, he's gonna, we believe God. He's going to make Amen. We praise God. Keep praying for Reverend Jackie and Sister Nisi and the Mount Bethel family. Also, let me just wish a happy birthday to all the June babies. Come on, hit the song real quick. Everybody at home, join us. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Every day, every hour. Happy birthday to you. There's a small contingency up here in this, in this room, and I'm looking for them to say the words. They just, they just up there clapping. They just have the church. <laughs> Amen. We love you. It's been a great Sunday. I praise God for you. We thank God. I'll see you on Tuesday night where we'll continue the series, Quiet Mind for Troubled Times. 
I know it may seem like a downer, but it's not. I'm really excited about what's going on on the streets. And I want you to be excited. I want to invite everyone to participate in any way you can. Don't be sad about this. Let's pray for peace. Let's pray that we can keep those looters from, from, from co-opting the struggle. Uh, the other day, the young lady was, uh, two girls were painting Black Lives Matter, tagging a wall, and another girl walked up to her and simply told her, don't do that in our name. Don't do that. We don't need that. And that's what it takes. It takes us holding each other accountable. Just saying, hey, nah, that's, that's not what we're about. We're, we're better than that. Because we've got a righteous gripe. We've got a righteous gripe. We've got a righteous gripe. There's a part of this nation, and the part of the Confederacy, who under the guise of religion want to continue to say that people are inferior to one another and that they have a place of supremacy and statue above. And I, we need to knock it down with every fiber of our being. And we need to continue to say that our lives matter. And I, I want to give this explanation. This has been on my heart. People will say, why do people say black lives matter? I just want to do this. If there were a row of houses, red, white, yellow, purple, and one in the middle was black, and all the houses on the outside, the red, white, the yellow, the purple, the blue house, they weren't on fire, but the black house was, we would say, don't let that burn down because the black house matters. That's all. Not that the red and the white house or the blue house doesn't count, but don't let this one burn down because it matters as well. That's all. All of the houses matter, right? But right now, this one's on fire. So don't have the firemen hosing down the other houses and this house in here is on fire. We got the fire department. We got the National Guard. Matter of fact, they brought in ATF and the, and the uh, Border Patrol to protect the house that's not burning. But there's one on fire. If anything, put the resources towards keeping the house that's on fire. And if we want to hold true to that Declaration of Independence that all men, and I add women, are created equal and endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights, among which are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, if we want to make those words have life, every life has to matter.